And I just sat there. He was in the carrier in the back. And I was like, what's our game plan? Doing like the second we go in, it's training. Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a chat with pet professionals about how they've used their expertise to navigate the relationships between their own pets. Our guests today are Josh and Mandy Bautel, and I was so excited to chat with them. Let's hop into it. Let's learn a little bit about them. Pulling from their backgrounds in dog training and graphic design, Josh and Mandy Boutel own and operate DigiWoof and Woof Culture, where they help other behavior pros and spread the message of ethical training methods to the world. During our chat, we talked about how their new kitten, Fig, came into their lives. Quick spoiler, Josh had hatched a covert plot. We also talked about how they had a semi-plan for integrating Fig in with their dog, Fern, and how they're currently using their R-plus training backgrounds to think on their feet. We also touched on how houseplants and young, energetic kittens don't mesh very well. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mandy and Josh as much as I did. Hi, Josh and Mandy. I am so excited to have you both on the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thank you you for having us. I think this will be a kind of different episode for everyone because you guys have taken your training backgrounds a little bit to the, I was going to say to the left, but it might be to the right. I don't know. Some direction. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Like not your traditional, I train dogs and I go into people's houses kind of thing. So before we start, we are now in the like, this is not a a baby podcast. So this two truths and a lie thing is like ingrained in what we do. So we want to get to know you as humans before we start talking dogs and cats. So tell me two truths and a lie about Josh and Mandy, and I will try to identify the lie. Ready? You go first. Oh, you go first. All right. (laughs) Okay. Two truths and a lie about Josh. Go. Okay, so I graduated from UC Berkeley. I have a deep love of deep dish pizza, and my favorite band as a child was Dave Matthews. Oh, you're such a basic bitch. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, shoot. Oh, I love those because they have nothing to do with animals. Okay, UC Berkeley. Okay, so you do live in California. Deep dish pizza is not pizza it's pie that's a different argument that we will have online (laughs) (laughs) and dave matthews god are you more alt than dave matthews i don't know oh this is hard guys why am i so bad at this game why do i do this to myself okay i am gonna say that you don't like deep dish pizza that was the truth damn it what's the lie I graduating from UC Berkeley. I am a college dropout, actually. Junior college dropout. Fun. So, yes. <laughs> I like when, again, you go left of center or right of center. So we will talk. Sure. Let's talk. We're going to talk about your life and like how you got to where you are. So fuck Berkeley, right? We don't need them. You're doing perfectly fine on your own. Tell us. Yep. <laughs> okay. So you do like deep dish pizza. Fine. I'll accept it. Dave Matthews, cool. I that, 
I was a 90s kid. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite song? Ooh, uh, pro- probably Ants Marching. is. I sang Ants Marching in my high school acapella group. Uh, those were the times. <laughs> cool you were in an acapella group. Yeah, and in college, too. I'm really cool. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm the coolest person you guys know, definitely. So great. I Zero for one on, on me. Excellent. Good job. It's fine. I'm, I'm still here. Let's play another round. Okay, Mandy. Okay, let's go. I'm like warming up. All let's right. Go. Okay. I am one quarter Filipino. I did hair uh, professionally for eight years and I surfed Ever since I was a kid, uh, I think I started when I was around 12. Surfed in the water and not the internet. (laughs) Water. (laughs) Ugh, guys. Okay. Surfed, water, fine. I'll accept. That makes sense to me. Quarter Filipino. Hair. Ugh, darn. Okay. Let's go with hair is the lie. That is truth. (laughs) For eight years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, 18 to I think I stopped around like 24. I was gonna say you must have started when you were a baby. Yes, I did. Because you're not old. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it would be something like, yeah, I did hair, but like for four years or something. You know, like how you you have like almost the truth, but then you tweak it a little bit. No, no, no. I'm terrible (laughs) at this. I need to come up with something else. God. It's just not good for my morale at the beginning of all of these episodes. It's quick defeat. It's just quick, quick defeat, and then we raise the ROR with really wonderful uh, <laughs> discussions. So I'm okay with it. Great. Well, we learned about you, and we learned about my brain not working. So let's talk about your animals, which is I'm I'm good at that part of it. So I heard on the internet, and by heard I mean you guys posted really really cute pictures of your new kitten. <laughs> So I would love to know about how Fig came to your house and how Fern, your resident dog, decided that that was going to be an okay thing. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the process. Yeah. Well, I like to joke that I was bamboozled into adopting Fig a little bit. (laughs) So Fern, she is a cattle dog, husky, chihuahua. She is all the things. Very Mm -hmm. active very intelligent, very energetic and hyper and crazy. And let's note that she does not turn to until later this month. So she is still in adolescence. <laughs> Everyone probably thinks we're crazy. So it, for a while, like Fern, just she loves dogs. She gets along great with dogs, plays great, but she's always just a little too much, a little mm-hmm. bit of a than. So Josh has always kind of just been planting the seed a little bit since we adopted her. And after losing our senior dog, Pip, he was just like, I really, I wonder if she'd be good with a cat. Like, it's just, you know, maybe she'd be a cat dog. There are cat dogs. And we ran into our neighborhood cat, like right outside our door, not like maybe two months ago. And her body language was just fully relaxed. No pilo erection on her back, very loose, wad, no stress. And I was just like, that is crazy. That's weird. And so I came inside and I'm like, I shouldn't tell him this, but I'm going to tell him this. And so I told him and I was like, her body language was just, she she was curious. She wasn't upset. She wasn't stressed. And I found that so fascinating. And so we just kept planting this. He kept 
just, you know, a little more, a little more, a little more. <laughs> and he'd show me cats online. And I was just like, like, I want to do it right. Raise them from a kitten so that, you know, they have a good experience with Fern, like really plan it out. Maybe we'll do it when she's four. <laughs> and then he was just like, it was a long day. We had been doing yard work and he was like, we got to run errands. And I was like, okay, sure. And he was like, oh, we got to go to Petco um, because we need to get some shoes for Fern. Don't judge us right now. I'm not. I'm and just laughing at the at the underhandedness of, of Josh's oh, plan. I'm like, did you plan this afterwards? I don't know. He goes, I mean, I hoped. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I hoped. They had something in there, but. And I, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we walk in and I just, I, I, I beeline to get past where they have the uh, adoptive cats from the local mm-hmm. shelter uh, where we're at. And so I tried to beeline. He goes, oh, honey, look. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I walk over and I'm like, of course, there's one kitten. And he's like, under the socialization age, it's like, damn it. And so and I'm like, oh, he's cute and it's a boy and we wanted a boy. And he was like the last one from his litter of three in there. And it's just like, pulling on the heartstrings and so I was like okay well let's go home and we'll think about it read his page thought about it for 20 minutes made a very impulsive decision and brought the cat home love okay Josh is just like (laughs) smiling evilly to the side of here but it worked out (laughs) just like the nice little little grin yeah and we got home and I was like did you plan this did you know they had kittens for adoption and he was like "I, I hoped yeah, I was like, oh, you bamboozled me. <laughs> he arranged the antecedents accordingly. He did. He did. Yes, that planted the distant antecedents of all of the planting. He put the neighborhood cat right outside your door, made sure to create some kind of positive CER for from her. There was a lot of training that went on there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this so it's the same people have this this story of just like cats just pop into our lives they just appear and they they choose you right and so i'm quite pleased that his he came to you and so fern now has a kitten (laughs) so josh you you really wanted this kitten you were like i totally have a plan for how we're going to integrate totally yeah roughly yeah yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So what was your plan before the kitten came home? So, yeah. So, I mean, weighing pros and cons as far as the setup of our house. So we have old house that is like a closed floor plan. So there's lots of doors, lots of, lots of ways to and manage and whatnot. So that was a plus. Uh, and then, you know, Fern, as Mandy said, Fern's reaction to neighborhood cats and whatnot. Um, so that was, you know, my thought. And then my, my worst case was, you know, we're, we're, we are providing this, this kitten with good socialization, being very careful about introduction. If it doesn't work, then we are, you know, fosters that are going to. If anything, make yeah. an impact. In the yes, life. exactly. So that, that was my, my thoughts. We waited a, a good week to post about it just to make sure, you know, things would work out and whatnot. But yeah, so that, that was kind of my, my half, half bait plan. <laughs> It's more baked than other people have had. So that's good. Yeah, the house setup sounds great. Um, You went in with excellent expectations that were sufficiently low 
and you had a contingency plan for if it didn't work out. So I think, you know, A plus from me, totally fine. <laughs> if you if you cared about how I would grade your, your plan before the kitten come home, came home. So you brought him and he and and you kept them separate i'm assuming for at least the first day ish yeah tried to yeah yeah tried we, to. we pulled into the driveway and i just sat there he was in the carrier in the back and i was like what's our game plan like what are we doing like the second we go in it's training we need yeah. to like have her prepared so i went and got fern put her in the backyard while josh brought fig in brought him into his office got him set up I spent time with her getting her yayas out a little, and then it was training the second. And mind you, we brought him home at like seven thirty at night, so like everyone's tired. It was yeah, it was chaos the first night. <laughs> so he was in Josh's office, and which is inside of the house. Okay, and Fern had the rest of the house. Yeah. How did she react when she smelled? new smells coming from the bottom of daddy's office door. Well, we brought, we took his carrier. So we have a baby gate. So when you walk out from the office, it's a hallway, living room, and then kitchen. So we had her in the kitchen behind a baby gate. So she couldn't even run up to the door. And uh, I got his carrier, put it in the kitchen and let her sniff the carrier and gave her just a jackpot of treats all around the carrier and let her check it out. Okay, cool. And she did what? She was really curious, very interested, lots, lots of wags, lots of sniffing, just like there's someone here. This is exciting. Someone's here. A little, I, I know some, yeah, stre- you know, some stress yawns and kind of, you know, antsy pantsiness. Yeah. So. Some yipping. <laughs> just like, I want to say hi. Who's this guy? I, I don't know this guy. Yeah. So, so our, our worry was, was. You know, like, which she knows there's a cat there and, like, you know, everything we were kind of, like, you know, initial, like, articles before listening to more of your podcasts and whatnot were saying, leave them separated for a week. And we're like, how the hell are we going to do this? Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first... Yeah, the first night we had him in the office away. Uh, I think we had him in a very big dog crate too. And then we barely cracked the door here. We had an X-Pen in front of the door and then a baby gate in the hall. So she had two, three barriers so that she couldn't even see them. And we just did lots of flat, look at that, and, and keeping it really short. And we just did tons of that like the first night, first day. And then by day three, they were able to train together in the kitchen. And I'm pretty sure I have a video of that somewhere on Instagram. Oh, I would love to write a little, you know, here's how it went thing in like the show notes for this. That would be great. Yeah. The the thing I, I like how you touched on like, okay, well, traditionally you keep them totally separated for a long time. But then when you have a dog like Fern, who is like, we know she's, friendly and the barriers are just gonna drive her nutty and the frustration is just so much that it might actually cause like a negative association starting to yeah then you have to figure out something else to still keep the safety but like you know you can't just stay at totally separate it's it's gonna make it worse so did you were you ever worried that she was gonna hurt 
Fig accidentally, probably, because she's bigger <laughs> than him. Yeah. Especially I, when he was really tiny. Yeah, I, I'd say we had a, at least a week before there was inter- interaction without some kind of gate mm-hmm. in between. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, as of lately, he's growing a lot more, so the the worry is less, but definitely, you know. Week, yeah. How, how old was he when we got him? We got him weeks? at 12 weeks. Yeah, so, you know, cattle dog yanking on a kitten leg or whatnot, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, she is a mix of breeds. I mean, not the chihuahua, really, but that tend to come through my desk who enjoy chasing small critters. So <laughs> so does she chase him? Is that a game that they play? Or has she been able to remain relatively calm? She's an adolescent, so I don't know what calm looks like in your world. <laughs> On how her needs have been met that day a little bit, time of day, and then how how psychotic uh, Fig is as well. So... <laughs> So they, yeah, they, they do play like stocky games with each other. So, you know, if they're both active, they'll kind of, we have like a, like a railroad room kind of by our back bedroom that goes all the way to the, the living room. And that's kind of like the longest, that's like run, yeah, that's like the, the runway. So they kind of bounce back and forth between the couch and then the under bedroom. the bed and whatnot. Um we call their bed their like little fort and we'll just like look under the bed and they'll just be laying there together just like making out playing and i'm like we come out like you guys like let's do this out here and they're just like yeah we're having fun it's ridiculous it's so cute it's really interesting to me because those like long hallways can be so bad Right. Like if there is tension, you you can't pass each other. You can't. You're stuck. And so it's wonderful that they're able to take that space and play. Yeah. Yeah. If there was, you know, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, dogs who are reactive and you're trying to have them pass each other on the same side of the sidewalk. It's like that's what it look like. So that is the fact that that is not a sticky spot is excellent like even if animals get along really well like having those small areas where there's a lot less fewer behaviors that are appropriate to do in that space totally. works out well that they figured it out so yeah oh yeah they and the making out under the couch that's really yeah cool. they play under the couch under the bed i'm like that's i wouldn't do that with any other dog <laughs> but it, it also kind of handicaps her too it does so yeah um, so I feel like that kind of adds to like him feeling a bit more confident with, with play and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So cool. Mm. Oh, well, it sounds wonderful. So they, when you mentioned they were training in the kitchen by day three, what did that training look like? I actually, I have a video I could totally uh, send you at some point, but it was, I think we had fig on a chair in the kitchen and then he jumped down. And Fern was just offering like downs for Josh. And he was just like, okay, I'll treat you. And then Fig's like, hey, what about me though? And so then he would treat Fig and then he would treat Fern. And so they were just sitting there side by side in front of Josh. just And they didn't care about the other. They were just like, yeah. He was on the table. No, there's a video of him on the floor. But I mean, they just, they were able to 
just co-train like together. No problem. I, by day four or five, I was doing station training with both of them. So I had him up on a uh, basket that we kind of have all our um, like living room blankets in. And so I had him up away and then I had her up on a chair and I was just training both of them. And I think that kind of really helped their bond too, because they, she learned that like, it's not a threat to her. There's no issue. There's no tension. It's, you know, we're going to work together, coexist. And one thing to really touch on that we were really shocked with with her is she is a big resource garter with dogs. Hmm. Big resource garter. Um, we experienced that a lot with Fig, uh, or not Fig, Pip, her senior dog. She would resource guard food, resource guard the couch. And so that is something we were aware of. And we were just like, we got to really make sure with Fig that doesn't happen. Day and night, no resource guarding at all. And we were just like, yeah, knock on wood. Still, still very little, you know, he's young. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very, it's, it's fascinating to us. And so we've just been trying to really capitalize on that with both of them for sure. Yeah. Do you have a sense of why that might be? We can talk some theories here. Well, Pip was very, because he had canine cognitive disorder. So I think he was not too spatially aware of what he was doing a lot of the time. And in Fig, I feel like he doesn't really care too much about like what she's doing. It, it, uh, I, I, I feel I feel like Fig has been picking up on her body language a little bit more too and true. able to... Yeah. There, there are times where I see like a little bit of a hard stare when she's laying on the couch and mm-hmm. I, I notice him kind of pause and then maybe do some displacement, go up on his cat tower and whatnot. But it, the communication is more clear between them yeah, for sure. Which is which is funny. Yeah. With inter- <laughs> and different species, which is yeah. even more interesting. It is. I mean, the specific body language that you just talked about, hard stare, and then, you know, looking away in a displacement type, those are, that's a cross species. Like they, that, that means the same thing in dog language as it does in cat language. So that's a pretty, pretty easy one. Hard stares are a warning. And so Fig is from a young age, like learning to understand those some signals, which I think is wonderful. And that's actually like the way I define coexistence. Anyway, it's not like the absence of conflict. It's that they have the skills to communicate with each other when some conflict does arise so that it doesn't escalate to a point that's unhealthy. Now, does that mean that like that stare is not going to get more if he pushes it? No, not at all. We don't know. Uh, (laughs) So I like that you're saying, okay, well, it's going really well now. We're not going to rest on our laurels and say like, it's going to be fine. We're going to keep reinforcing appropriate behaviors so that the chances of it going south is much less. So I'm going to transition a little bit here because y'all know like you, 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 you have skills. You know what you're talking about. You're mentioning all these uh, Latin training, uh, you know, station training and all that stuff. So for people who don't know you as, you know, what you do and your backgrounds, tell us a little bit about how you know all these things and kind of where you are now from um, so we can catch up on that information. I think it's very relevant here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I... I've been, to some extent, been around like behavior world for a good portion of my life. So starting as a kid, um, 
I had a relative that was the head of behavior and training at the San Francisco SPCA. So I was able to go learn about positive reinforcement training, um, you know, Volunteer. volunteer, learn from Janice Bradley and whatnot as a child, which was really cool. Then I took some time off to be a teenager. After, after that, uh, I, I did move to San Francisco to pursue graphic design. I got a job at San Fran- uh, SF Puppy Prep, which is like a puppy day school in, in the city. You know, fell in love with that and dropped out of college. Um, so started my own dog walking business, transitioned to dog training, um, did had that business for about 10, 11 years, ended as a, a CSAT, so SEPANKS trainer. And since then, I've transitioned into to DigiWoof, and so kind of combining the graphic design training world together. So that's my, my story in a nutshell. So. It's a good trajectory. I'm quite impressed uh, with the SPCA. Like, that's a really good SPCA to know. Oh, yeah. I mean, really famous in the country. So I'm jealous. The, yeah, so what is DigiWoof? Yeah, so, so we're, we're a, a small marketing agency for uh, R Plus uh, pet professionals. We do full service kind of branding, websites, copywriting, and then we, we also have software, um, which you are familiar with. Which is- I am. So yeah, I won't I won't uh, brag too much, but I I think what we have going on is pretty cool. So <laughs> it is very cool. You know, look if you don't, you're a guest on a podcast, so if you can't brag a little bit and be like, hey, I have got a cool thing, like this is where you're supposed to do it. Okay, onward. We'll move on to Mandy and what your life is like, so that Josh can take a break for a second. Well, uh, I've always been around animals. I actually grew up with cats up until I was ten always had cats, never had a dog. Uh, had my first dog when I was 12. He was a senior Shetland sheepdog that I adopted from the pound myself with my own $20. <laughs> and then same, went on to be a rambunctious teenager, moved to San Diego, went to beauty school, did hair for eight years professionally, specialized in hair coloring, moved to San Francisco to become a stylist there. Met this guy online, and then I was just like, what do you mean you get to work with dogs all day? I hate dressing up and talking to people all day. (laughs) Because he was trying to hire a new dog walker, and I was just like, please, like, hire me. Like, I hate my job. And so I went through the Dog Walking Academy by Dog Biz, became a certified professional dog walker, was a dog walker for three, two, three years. And then I went and got my training for certification. And then I was a trainer for a while with Josh. We were doing both walking and training full-time, exhausting, driving around San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then he had started DigiWoof. And then I just, as a trainer, I was just like, I wish I had like some cool t-shirts to wear while I was training that like touched on our methods. It'd be cool. And I had always told him like, oh, I wish I had a t-shirt that said this or said this. And he was playing around with graphic design. So he was making designs and he was just like, I really think we could make a t-shirt business for R plus professionals. And I was just like, there's... 
it's not there's not a market for it it's not going to happen but if you want to <laughs> that's funny if you know what woof culture is now then you know that. <laughs> but so we started woof culture which is just an apparel business where we put all our fun quirky nerdy professional r plus related designs on apparel and then r plus trainers blew it up <laughs> And I so I do Woof Culture and I'm also the brand strategist for DigiWoof. So I kind of took my training knowledge, my Woof Culture knowledge for growing a business. And now I'm going to help DigiWoof do that for their clients. That's amazing. I have the No, We Can't Talk, We're Training uh, sweatshirt, by the oh, way. Good. It's <laughs> so freaking comfy. And I just love how you guys like are like a team <laughs> you, you figure it out like you're helping each other even from the beginning first of all how did being in a relationship and being his employee go because now we're uh now we're getting a little juicy spilling we tea. always that is the that is the juicy <laughs> question we always get we always his his quick uh comeback with that was always he's the boss at work i'm the boss at home <laughs> makes sense <laughs> i like it <laughs> You have equity, right? It's just, you know, you got to separate some things a little bit. And you both work from home. So that's also tough. But I think you it's great. I I think like there you've carved out specific niches, niches, whatever the hell the word is that we're really missing in our plus world. Like, yes, there is a market for I want to say loud and proud that I, you know, this is what I do um this is what i'm doing with my dogs currently right. and r plus we suck at marketing <laughs> like that's as a general rule right like we don't like talking about ourselves that much there is a lot of messaging that has to be worked through in order to be effective in terms of marketing so there's definitely a need to like have a brand strategy and have a marketing strategy so i Thank you for what you are contributing to the R plus community. Back to all the other stuff. So while you're having all of these professional changes, starting clicks, changing to brand strategy things and all of that, you're like, cool, now we have a cat. That's a project. So <laughs> you mentioned, Mandy, that you had cats growing up, but did you know that much about cat behavior together? Like, did it go smoother than you anticipated less smooth it was totally fine you were like we didn't make any mistakes i'm kidding you always make mistakes how did it go in terms of <laughs> being in charge of a cat how is that different than what you've done with fern all that i think josh severely underestimated what goes into cats yeah. um I, I think he's <laughs> severely underestimated how social they are um personalities they can have. Mm -hmm. I didn't know much about behavior, but I did know how they operate. I did know what they require, mm -hmm. what they need. And, but I mean, it, it, as in our training careers, I don't think either of us really worked with cats. I think I maybe worked with two and they were not the nicest. So <laughs> because I was working with the dog, not the cat. Right. In the situation. It, it's been a very big learning curve for both of us, I think. Mm. But in the best way, I, I can say that my training has really cleaned up for sure because my mechanics have had to slow down. I've had to pay attention to things a bit more. And it's just, I mean, it is the same as a puppy, except they can go vertical and they have claws and they are up much later at night. 
But I think it's it's a lot of just giving them proper outlets, meeting needs, making sure we were doing all those things. And so I, I think it was just me using the trainer brain, puppy training brain that we had with Fern and then finding ways to expand that because it's beyond our usual scope. We did feel a little overwhelmed at the beginning, I want to say, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, what is his favorite thing to train? Have you been working on like tricks with him or are you just working on some, you know, just general foundation skills? I'd say he, he's been loving the outside time. Definitely. So we've been working on harness training and whatnot. He just finished up his final shots. So we're on Monday. So we're yeah. taking him in the backyard more and he's learning leash walking and he loves the he, harness. Yeah. Now. He's, he's been like willfully like going up to put the harness on, which is you pull it out. Funny, and he just goes, so. give it to me. <laughs> he has recall. So if we will say like, Biggie, he'll come running. He's passed out right now. But he'll come <laughs> running like just his little like monkey kitten gallop. He does yes. just yeah. down the corner and it just oh, it's so cute. I love it. <laughs> Um, Josh has done a lot of touch training with him. So he's very good at that. He knows sit. Uh, I was telling him we need to have a competition between him and Fern to see who gets their novice trick title first. That would be fun. So who, you don't have enough to to do, but I'm thinking that you, this, you have to make it a true competition where like one of you chooses one animal and one of you chooses the other and never the team shall meet. So you have to be like, can't work together on that. No, no, no. no. Fully competitive with it. Completely. We're very good at being competitive with each other. (laughs) I say that as a a very non-competitive person, but I just feel like when you have that kind of goal, it has to be some kind of, you know, you have to like choose a side. Yeah. (laughs) Not cats versus dogs. It's human versus human. Yeah. (laughs) So is the goal to have him and Fern take walks together? Not necessarily. Uh, maybe, like, maybe like some out, outdoors. Yeah, like outdoorsy, maybe trail camping kind of thing. Not not so much neighborhood outings. I, I yeah. Mainly, I wanted to get him on the harness for mental and physical stimulation for him in the backyard so he can do things besides just staying inside all day. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he gets that option to go outside. Does he, if he's very motivated to go outside, some issues that people come across is that the cat is always like, I want to go outside. I want to go outside. I want to go outside. So how have you set boundaries to make it clear that whining about it isn't going to work? Has he tried it? So he doesn't whine. He doesn't whine about it. He doesn't really ask to go out. Even if he sees Fern go out, he'll just be like, I'll watch her from the window. It's fine. But um, if we pull out the harness, then he's like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) But when he was a baby, baby, before he got all his shots, I just worked on opening the door and you sit at the door until you are released. Not sit, but just don't break the doorway until I release you. So that I'm really grateful I did that in the beginning before he got his shots, because now if I open the front door and he has his harness on, he'll wait. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it worked. Paid off a little bit. Thank God. So you guys did have plans. You like figured it out. You you done a lot of really good work with them. But it's funny because I don't even notice in the moment I'm doing it. It's just like habitual for me to do it because it's like this. What I did with Fern. I'm just gonna do this big. They trained me overall. That's the thing about being a behavior professional, and I think that 
we run a, we run into this a lot is like, I don't, I have to do the thing in order to then figure out how I did it so that I can explain it to you or to be like, yeah, I totally planned this out, but you're just like fucking around and then you, you've come across something that works. Right. And so like, at least for, for me switching to like completely online training, mm-hmm. that's been a thing that I've really had to work through is try to take a step back and say, okay, like if I was doing this myself, how would I do it? (laughs) And then how do I explain it? And how do I demo it and all of that stuff? So I understand you're just like, let, let's see, let's do some stuff. Right. That's how it's all been with him. Yeah. Seems like it's working out. A lot of trial and error. (laughs) I'm very grateful we have the behavioral background we do have, because I don't think we would, it'd be much harder for us for sure. So if you had any advice for people who are dog people and they get the idea to get a cat. What about cats do you think that they should know ahead of time to prepare themselves well? Hmm. They need outlets. They need to go up. They need to be able to get out of the way and um, get sanctuary where they can so I mean I keep looking over here because we have shelving on Josh's wall we've put shelving around the house cat trees tables any surface he can get up on and that they have a they have a lot of personality mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> and, and I, I would ask yourself how much do you love your house plants oh my god <laughs> uh, how much do you love your house plants yeah, all my plants are in my office now. They yeah. they don't live anywhere else but my office and my bedroom, or they're very high up. So the your office is a no figgy zone. It's a no figgy zone if no one can watch the figgy. Yeah, <laughs> I had to repot already because he decided to use it as a potty. I'm like, that's understandable. I get it, dude, but that's not the spot. <laughs> I get it. Loose dirt, confusing. <laughs> Substrate <laughs> preference, very similar right. to litter. luckily I have decided I say I have enough beings to take care of in my house no plants in the house we have zero plants my husband thinks that he likes working with plants but he kills all of them it's just like he's like I I have a black thumb he keeps trying though every year but I refuse to (laughs) I refuse to have to, to deal with that so I personally have not had to deal with the cats who love uh houseplants but my cat loves plastic. This is actually very common. Like plastic bags, the little oh, yeah. on them, which, you know, similar texture to leaves, but unfortunately we have a lot of plastic in our house. So have you thought of any training plan besides for management, right? I, I'm looking at a plant right now behind you on a shelf mm-hmm. in Josh's office where Figgy has a lot of freedom. Yes. So tell me about, have you worked on this plant? Does he not care about this plant? How is this plant still alive? Doesn't care. It, uh, it, we, I, I have the theory that's probably going to be gone in about two weeks. Yeah, if he, he needs a few more vertical inches on his jump and then he's on that shelf. Yeah, I think so. the plant's going to move out of here pretty soon, honestly. <laughs> yeah. He already knocked an orchid off that shelf like earlier this week and it broke, so. Got it. I, I may, if if I want the aesthetic, I may gl- needs to be fake or... glue some fake I've, something on there. I've heard museum yeah. putty is amazing. A lot of it people is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fake, fake plants and museum putty. If you like that look, the reason I ask is because right. Like in situations like this with plants and things like that, right. Management 
moving it away, preventing him from actually getting to the thing is most of the time what I would recommend. But like, there are people who love their houseplants and like, it would be a an insult to the houseplant to move it from the, right? Like, and we need to meet our clients where they are. So have you, okay, I don't want to assume anything. <laughs> Do you feel like there is a plan, there could be a plan to have, to teach the cat to leave the plants alone? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I am actively working on that with him. It's it's just a lot of redirecting mm-hmm. or, or just, you know, I'll just be like, Hey, let's, let's, you know, let's get this instead. And I'll get something that's like a plant and I'll lure him away from it. And he'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's way more fun. One thing I've been doing, and it's something I taught my cat when I was 10 mm. and it was the coolest thing because she could play fetch with paper balls so I was like you're gonna learn to like paper and you're gonna get a good CER to be crunching paper up because that is what I did with her and it helped and so I did this with him and it works so he will go to get a plant and I'm just like (laughs) oh okay screw the plant and he'll just go do that so I'm like all right there I just find paper and throw it and so I've just been doing a lot of redirecting do this instead when Fern was a puppy, she would get into things a lot. And we unknowingly taught her do something else. Literally, we will say the phrase, hey, do something else. And she'll be like, okay, what else do you want me to do? And so I'll be like, okay, go get your toy. And she's like, okay, I'll go get my toy. And so we actually use that with her and Fig a lot when she'll be playing with him a bit too much. We'll be like, hey, can you go get your toy? Or hey, let's do something else. And she'll just be like, all right, I'll go get my toy. I'll do something else. So... That's that's actually just to interject that on top of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason I ask is because people often get stuck with trying to come up with plans like past physical management. Okay, obviously we need that at first. We don't want him to eat th- them to eat things or do things we don't want. But, you know, eventually you might want to have plants like in your life or you, <laughs> right? And people often are, un- they're unclear about how they might move forward. Um, with that type of thing. I will say with that too, I only the ones that are in his vicinity are cat safe plants. So if he does chew on them, he's not going to get sick. Um, I do still try to interrupt him from doing that just so he doesn't get the association he can chew on plants. Yeah. Good point. We are not poisoning our cats. (laughs) (laughs) So to wrap up my I guess my last question would be, what do you envision your life like with Fern and Figgy in the next year? Next year. I mean, I could ask you about a five-year plan, 10-year plan down the road, but I feel like the year is... Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I'd say the next year... um, He'll be an adult. That'll be crazy. Yeah, I want to say there will be... less management but still some management um so definitely through his adult and i even after that too you know alone time management and that stuff will maintain but as far as like being eyes on play and whatnot hoping hoping we'll be at a point where you know fern is appropriate you know they can self-regulate like like yeah exactly uh regulating and whatnot so yeah that's that is going to be an acquired skill the redirecting interrupting definitely important but as he gets bigger and he gets more pushy and 
adolescent D. That's that's going to be an ever changing project. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> we cannot. Uh, sadly, it's never done. <laughs> it's always pivoting and adjusting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And Mandy, what about you? Anything that you, any goals you have for them, for you? Um, no, I mean, I think like it'd be really cool if we could eventually get him to go camping with us. That That's definitely a goal on my list. Um, I, I think I predict that they're just going to be buddies. They already are. So I just think it's going to, it'd be great if we can get them to a point where they can be left alone together and we can know that they'll just hang out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that getting any of your videos for the show notes. And I will also put links to DigiWoof and Clicks and Woof Culture and all of that stuff so that everyone can check out all of the wonderful things you're contributing to the R plus dog training community. And yeah. is there any best way to contact you guys directly if people have questions or want to follow up with the episode? Yeah, uh, uh, they can go to our website, digiwoof.com. Uh, they can use the clicks chat widget that's on there uh, to get in touch with us or send us an email at info at digiwoof. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been wonderful. And I hope to talk to you soon. Us as well. Yeah, thank you yes. so much. If this episode made you want to run out and buy a t-shirt or do a total rebrand for your R plus training business, yay! Make sure to check out the show notes linked in this episode's description to see some videos of Figgy and Fern learning to live together, as well as links to both DigiWolf and WolfPult. And if this episode gave you some ideas for working with your own pets, maybe about integrating a kitten into a home with an adolescent dog, I would really appreciate you taking a minute to spread the word about the podcast. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're using to listen. Or you can tell a friend or family member to check it out. Or you could hire one of those guys who stand on the corner spinning the signs around. Whatever works for you. Just tell someone about its training cats and dogs. Anyway, that's all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. I will see you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. Bye.